This week on Low Earth Orbit, we review Kentucky Route Zero. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 28. I'm Steve Merman. I'm Scott Stevenson. I'm Justin Voss. So today we're going to review Kentucky Route Zero. This is an indie point-and-click adventure game in five episodes. The first two episodes are out now, and the remaining ones will come out this year. It was originally funded on Kickstarter for a really shoestring budget. I think they they were going for $6,000, and they got $8,000. It's available for Mac, Windows, and Linux on Steam. And the general premise of the game is that you are a truck driver driving through this mysterious Kentucky Route Zero, which is in the caves beneath Kentucky. And along the way, you meet interesting characters and have various side missions along your overall quest. Let's start out with Justin. What do you think? I was a little unsure about the game, just based on the name, you know, I guess a little bit. And I looked at the website and I was like, ah, you know, I could kind of go either way on this one. Then I watched the trailer and actually saw like what the game actually looks like when you're playing it. And it's gorgeous. This is a really beautiful art direction game. And then playing the game, even the sound was really good. I thought the sound sort of atmosphere was really awesome, and the music I thought was cool. So yeah, all of that was was awesome, and it's classic point-and-click, almost like LucasArts-ish in the way it's kind of like you know Monkey Island or The Dig or the Indiana Jones games. So that was all really cool and a little nostalgic. Overall, I really liked it, but I don't think I would actually recommend it to other people. So I know that's kind of like a weird stance to have, and I can I can defend that later if need be. <laughs> what's, what's the main... Is there like one main reason? I think that... A combination of a couple things. One is that it doesn't actually feel very much like a game, <laughs> you know? I mean, it's a very interesting mood piece, but I don't feel like there's very much gamey things happening. You click around and talk to people, but that's kind of it. And even the clicking around part, I found kind of frustrating. Like, the, I think the, the control scheme is actually incredibly awkward. My character would not go the places I wanted them to go. And there's problems, I think, with the level design where there's, you know, there's stairs. It looks like, oh, I can go down the stairs. No, you cannot go down the stairs. Oh, like in the house or like in the... Well, both. Yeah, like, you know, there's other... Yeah. Yeah. Where you, like, you go to the house and you're like, oh, and I look at see what's in the garage. Too bad. Yeah, and it's all lit up and you're like, ah, oh, so it has to be a way to get there. Mm-hmm. And I, I spent so much time clicking, trying yeah. to get to that garage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's a couple spots where it's like, oh, I really want to go do this and I can't. And the other part was that I felt like the game provided a lot of sort of false choices. So one of the cool things about the game is that you actually provide the dialogue for a lot of the characters, including people who don't seem to be the protagonists, basically, right? So when you are going through the dialogue tree and choosing things, you can also sometimes choose dialogue for people who are not sort of the main main character, which is cool. And I think it's really cool, particularly just, just interject, mm-hmm. when the, the first time that happens, mm-hmm. you are like meeting yourself like like you're you're playing this one character for a while and then suddenly like you are playing another character and they meet meet your character and they're a stranger and you're like you know you know this is a stranger strolls up and you're like it's really odd you're like that's actually me but i don't and then it switches and it doesn't really tell you yeah yeah that's cool i think it's cool when games sort of play like that there's actually a, a part in the last of us that's kind of like that which is really cool so that and that was interesting and you get a lot of freedom to sort of like choose all that stuff and it just winds up not mattering which i found disappointing there's one scene in the beginning where I think you, I think in order to actually progress in the game, you have to find the little glow in the dark, 20 sided yeah. die, right? And so you find it. And then, like, one of the, what I thought was one of the first interesting choices in the game, you can choose to put it in your pocket and keep it, or you can put it back on the card table. Oh, is this getting kind of spoilers? Do you think? I don't think it's the first five minutes. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. So you can choose to keep it, or you can choose to put it on the table. 
And I was like, oh, hmm, what should I do? It's probably going to be an important decision. I guess I'll keep it in case I need it later. It has never mattered for the rest of the game. And it still bugs me. It bugs me that that decision didn't matter. When it, the game presented it like it was going to matter, and then it didn't matter, and I feel like that's cheating. So that's one of my gripes with the game. Overall, I think it's actually really cool, and I enjoyed playing the first two acts, and I'm excited to play the rest. But overall, like even though I liked it, I would have a hard time recommending it to other people because I don't think they're going to feel satisfied at the end because there's all these choices that wind up not mattering. So there's a lot of cool atmosphere, but not really, I think, a whole lot of interesting gameplay. I mean, I think like it's it's in many ways very it's a game, but it's really more like a story that you're experiencing. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can your choices do matter in some degree. Like you know, there's one sequence where you can in the dialogue you can choose to speak for one of the two characters. The one character is supposed to kind of cut to the chase on everything. Mm-hmm. If you choose their their you know options, then you basically just kind of cut right to the fastest option and get right to the kind of, kind of cut through that that little portion of the game as fast as possible. Or if you're the other dialogue, the character who's a little more chatty, and you can chat for a long time with these with, with the people around you. You know, because mm-hmm. he's not he's not in any big hurry. And so it does actually affect the gameplay a little bit, but yeah, either way, you end up getting to the yeah. next stage of the game, and that's it. Right. You can't actually choose two paths, really. There's yeah. the long way and the short way, but you still wind up at the same place, whichever way you go. And that's neat, and I understand the complications, like, technically, of trying to make it real branchy, but there's just some things where it's like, one of the selling points of the game is there aren't puzzles. I kind of wish there were puzzles, because I think that would make it feel more like a game, but that's just my opinion. What do you think, Scott? I think this is one of the best games I've played in a while. I love this game. I totally love this game. I knew within the first few minutes I started playing it, I was like, "Oh, oh, this is this is some serious shit." Because <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was like, and it, it may just be that it's it happens to be kind of tuned to my personal things that I like out of this type of game. E- everything just right from the outset, I was just totally in it, in it, in it. You know, the graphic design is gorgeous. The sound, like you say, Justin, is amazing. It's, I mean, to a surprising degree, given what we know about the budget. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, yeah, fully. Yeah, hard to believe. Fully agree. Better than a lot of sort of fully funded games. Yeah. yeah. And the the thing I really love about it is, you know, other other sites that have talked about the game, they describe it as kind of very atmospheric, and I think it's a very appropriate description. I also highly recommend that you play it at night with the lights off. <laughs> and headphones. You, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> headphones. Yeah, because you get a totally different experience. But there's it, the thing I love about it, the core of it, is that you get this feeling like there's some bigger thing going on there's i love that juxtaposition of like here's very you know like routine delivery truck he's got his dog with a straw hat which is hilarious it's pretty good you know he's just just trying to deliver his 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 antiques and curiosities and you know that this crazy thing happens which i just love that kind of setup and just the character the writing is phenomenal i thought it's it's just such an engrossing kind of immersive experience and all the little tricks they play with the weird, quirky characters that are like, oh, you think it's going to go one way, and then they say something completely out of band, and then you're looking at something and it seems normal, and then it gets kind of crazy. And I, a lot more I could say after the spoiler break, but it's phenomenal. And I would wholeheartedly recommend you play it, unless unless you don't like, flat out just don't like adventure games. You want like something happening every second, yeah, then you, you may not have the patience for it. But it's so awesome, and even some of the more subtle things that happen where yeah, technically it doesn't it doesn't branch the story, but the fact that you can choose how the dialogue goes and, and the further you get, like more in Act Two, you actually get to seems to matter more later on in terms of you giving the dialogue for third parties that are observing your players. Like the players aren't even aware of the fact that there is another party there. And the mysteriousness of it and particularly in Act I think Justin, have you played Act Two at all or just Act One? Oh well, yeah, I played both. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think in Act Two it really starts to do another thing, which I find mm-hmm. really interesting. Mm-hmm. But yeah, fantastic, amazing, much better than I was expecting. Yeah, I also I also enjoyed it a lot. I really love all the details. Yeah, you know, I think I think I think one of the cool things about it, just to go, 
talk a little bit more about the branching or lack of branching is that while you don't really ultimately change the course of it, there's interesting characters you meet. You can spend a lot of time with them. Mm. Like even the, the people at the board game, I think they were hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And you can just keep saying there and then you're like, and they go on and on and on. And there's this like, that you can basically overhear this very in-depth conversation they have about this game they're playing, which may not have anything to do with the rest of the game, but maybe it's an, an analogy well, you know, for the rest of the game, you know, because you know, they're like playing and playing and playing. And at a certain point, they're like, I wrote down this quote because I was so entertained by it. They're like, you know, one, one person gets really exasperated and they're like, I don't think you can win. It says on the box that it's a, it's a tragedy. You know, what's funny <laughs> is that I I didn't intentionally do this, but based on, I guess, accidentally, whatever choices I chose in the dialogue mm-hmm. for that. The game I was listening to ended very, very quickly. Oh, yeah. So, like, I stood there for, like, I mean, must have been, like, ten rounds of dialogue, you know. Oh, no, absolutely. Them, you know? I was, of them, like, like working through the... Or, yeah, you can keep yeah. on them again and keep, you know, and keep, like, you know, talking to them. And then you and they can keep, you know, keep going on and on and on. So, like, all these details of this game and all the mechanics and the rules. And they get frustrated because they can't seem to... Like, because the game is not winnable or and all this weird, you know, crazy stuff. And they can't find their dice, which is how you sort of come into this you know, interaction. But they go on for a long time. And they actually put a lot of thought into this crazy little you know game which is just i don't know if it has anything to do with the rest of the story really but i don't know maybe it's I, another game they're going to ship yeah. later <laughs> <laughs> but i sort of applaud all that detail you know and it's i think that's really entertaining so i really like that like you said i thought the music was really was really great and so in the other details too like the protagonist's name is conway like what a great like mysterious character name <laughs> i just i just love i love that so much and you can um, choose the dog's name which is pretty funny yeah which which one did you choose blue blue I chose Homer. I chose Homer. I, th- I mean, I feel like Homer sort of felt like... It feels like a dog name, I guess. I, don't know. I mean, I, Blue could be too. I guess. Yeah, but I feel, in the same way, it's like, it feels like at a certain point you're kind of like on an odyssey. Like you could, <laughs> so it sort of felt like, like appropriate in retrospect. So I, I liked it a lot. I, I really I liked Act 1 a lot more than Act 2, actually. Um, I felt like you know Act 1, I really liked the idea. And, and Act 2, we can go into more details after the spoiler break, but it, it felt like it went to this sort of new level that I wasn't really like expecting or wasn't really like wanting and i kind of missed you know sort of the atmosphere and the kind of the world of act one a bit i can't say much more without spoiling it yeah i worry that it will keep veering in that direction further and further and i may not enjoy it like in further acts so i hope that they that they sort of rein that in they can maybe sort of walk a final line i, I kind of get the impression what i'm hoping for i don't know if this will happen but there's a little bit of evidence that says it might what i'm hoping for is that it's going to continue to do a different feeling across the different acts you know so like you say one is much different than two one possibility is that the rest of the game is going to be a lot like two another possibility is that three four and five will be something else entirely which i think would be awesome that that, that could work too yeah but i feel like if you you just kept taking what they do with two and then bring it to this logical conclusion i I don't think i'd really like that yeah it's 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 weird because there's so much of it that is so dependent on not knowing what's going to happen that it's, it's hard, really, it's hard to we've hit a wall here. Yeah. We can't say much we've more. We've run out of things to talk about that is ruining the game yeah. for anyone who wants to play it. But I, I, I would for sure, again, unless I know somebody is legitimately not interested in adventure games at all, I would strongly recommend it. I, I would recommend it too. You know, I mean, I think it, in some ways for me, it delivers on the promise that Codename Cygnus had. Yeah. You know, in a way that wasn't satisfying there, but it wasn't more satisfying here. So I feel like it, so far it's the best embodiment of this kind of. Or it's ever maybe. I mean, Gone Home is in a similar tone. It's like more of a, a story that you sort of experience through a game. It's maybe like Gone Home, it's a more successful embodiment of that concept. So I recommend it. I think when it comes to, so I was thinking about Gone Home just a minute ago. I think that actually, like, there is something that is a combination of Gone Home and Kentucky Route Zero that I think would be an awesome game, and they both pick different parts to focus on. I think that if they had taken 
the universe of Kentucky Route Zero, but the gameplay of Gone Home, I would have really liked that game. Really? Whatever that I thought, game is. I thought the thing you hated about Gone Home was the fact that you had to like visually find stuff in the environment. And I mean, this doesn't yeah. have that. Well, there's a little bit of that hunting. But at least there was a puzzle to be solved there. Mm. And with this, I feel like I'm just clicking through dialogue trees half the time. Sometimes I kind of want to do all the diversions and explore the tree. And sometimes I'm like, screw it. I just want to see like what happens next. I'm just going to take all so, the So you want Monkey and, Island, basically. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Yeah. No, I want. Yeah, that's what I was. That's, I guess, kind of what I was expecting because it was billed as like, oh, it's an adventure game like Monkey Island, except all the puzzles are gone, which is kind of what makes Monkey Island, you know, interesting. Yeah, that's like, interesting. Yeah, because I, I well, I, I haven't revisited Monkey Island in a while, so I might feel differently about it now. But I remember when I played that in, in other LucasArts games, a lot of the times the puzzles were so obscure that I wasn't still having fun trying to solve the puzzle. And I think there's certainly times or I would have preferred to have had just experienced the story. You know, I think about what are puzzles like in Zelda games. For me, when I'm playing a Zelda game, like the puzzles are fun just to be, even when you're trying to solve them or whatever, it's still kind of fun. And there's a lot of times, at least in the past, in adventure games where I'm trying to solve a puzzle, I'm just like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this frog, and I've got this like <laughs> bucket of paint, and it's like, am I supposed to paint the frog? It's like, I don't understand. <laughs> See, that feeling, yeah. that's how Gone Home felt to me. With where just like that, I, I, what am I doing? Yeah, no, like, that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah. the, the difference for me with Gone Home is that I think it just happens to be tuned for my brain wiring where mm-hmm. it's like it's fun for me to like search the environment and try to figure out what it is I'm supposed to be looking at. Yeah. That sounds like the thing you like least in gaming or perhaps the world. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I just feel like maybe maybe what I'm trying to say is that, you know, when we played Gone Home, yeah. the atmosphere I thought I was getting is actually basically Kentucky Red Zero. Like mm. I thought that the kind of world they were going to build yeah. was going to be a lot more like what yeah. the world. This is much more Stephen read. Stephen King kind of. It's just more surreal, I guess. Yeah. So like, I guess Stephen King does this too. But like, you start with something that seems very normal, yeah. and as you start peeling back the layers, it just gets more and yeah. more weird. And you're just like, "Am I? What, what's happening? Who yeah. am I? Yeah. Like, what the world is not what I thought that it was." And with Gone Home, you don't get that. With Gone Home, you get a story about a family, or you get a story about these particular people, which is fine. But what I wanted was the oh my god, the universe doesn't work the way that I thought it does kind of story. And I think Kentucky Route Zero delivers on that. I thought of Gone Home while playing it because I'm like, oh man, I really wish Gone Home had done this instead of the story that they did have. But you are you are excited to play the future episodes. Yeah, that- no, I really want to play the rest of Kentucky Route Zero. I guess I would not recommend it to other people just because I, I literally cannot think of anyone that I know who would who would dig this, I think, you know, other, wow. than, other than you two right here. Like, <laughs> like Aren't we your audience? Well, I know, like everyone, everyone else that I know, I think would would be like yeah this is boring i wish Mm. there was a puzzle to solve or i wish that there was some more interactivity besides just deciding whether or not to take the chatty route or the not chatty route which i think is a fair criticism i mean i'm i enjoy just sort of playing around in the atmosphere and exploring because the whole game feels like one giant easter egg right the game is just an endless stream of easter eggs and you can choose how much time to spend chasing down the easter eggs or not but that's basically the only choice you get in the game is like well do you want to find all the Easter eggs or do you want to find relatively fewer Easter eggs? That's like well, the amount of interactivity you get. Well, I think there's more than that. I mean, I think so much of what makes the game work and particularly why it works as opposed to putting Cygnus, you know, is the dialogue. You know, you're basically like experiencing this narrative and it's well-written dialogue. Yeah. It's entertaining and kind of fun to, you know, to read through that, right. you know. And unpredictable. And so, and so even, you know, Easter eggs aside, you have to go through this narrative tree to progress in the game. No, I agree. I mean, the, the narrative is well-written and it's entertaining and I, and I liked reading it and, and getting to experience it, but there's just not a lot of choice and i don't know maybe other games have as limited choice but it doesn't feel like it because it just feels like there are more things to to do but in here the only things you can kind of do are click around and look at things although you can't look at all the things you want to look at and then talk to people 
and it doesn't matter how you talk to them, you will always get the same result. Like, you can never say the wrong thing. Yeah. Which, in some ways, I guess, is safe and prevents you from ever getting into a bad state, but it also means that there's nothing at stake. Like, there, you never you never feel your actions, you know, you don't have to, you're just like, I don't know, whatever. Like, am I in the mood to go through the chatty route, or am I rather just hurry up and see what the next plot point is? How, how would you compare that? I'm trying to, like, map this to what you've said about, like, Journey, for example. Yeah. Which is, there's no puzzles, really, in Journey. And it's sort of a similar treatment. Have you played Journey? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But there's nothing that's really a puzzle. I mean, only in the lightest imaginable sense. But you're in a 3D environment. I mean, to me, the feeling is similar in both Journey and Kentucky Route Zero. Journey's a little bit more, I don't know, spiritual, I guess would be the word. Yeah, but, I would agree. But they've got kind of sort of the same tones. Yeah, but bit. you really like Journey. Right? I do really like Journey. So how, how would you, I mean, you've recommended Journey to people. Mm-hmm. So is it is it the fact that you've got a more 3D environment to roam around in that you think makes it recommendable or... Yeah, part of it. I mean, I feel like I'm more in control of the character, I guess. Maybe that's part of it. I think part of the real problem with Tokyo Route Zero is that the moving your character around is so frustrating. And I don't know. Really? Maybe that's just from, Yeah, it's really bad. Well, it's like, just a 2D plane, though, right? So, like, you can but just... But it's not. Like, my character kept getting stuck on stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't have that happen I'm once. constantly stuck on stuff. And I'm wow. like, dude, just walk over there. Or, like, I would... The character would be standing in one spot. I'd walk to another spot and would click back to the spot where they're standing before, yeah. and I couldn't click there to send them really? back. I'm like, you were just standing there. How are you? How am I not allowed to wow. put you in the spot where you just were? Like that, that like didn't happen to me a single time. Oh, really bad for me. Huh. I feel like I spent. Were you using the uh, using trackpad or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that didn't even happen to me once. Very frustrating for me. Anyway, so and part of the thing about Journey is that there's this interesting, this really interesting mechanic in Journey, which is that it's always multiplayer, and um, well, it's always possibly multiplayer right like you can definitely play and not get anybody in there sure sure but there's no there's no option like you just yeah, start, yeah. you just start playing the game and you may have a partner and you may not yeah. and your partner may drop off and they come back or you get a different partner or whatever and you can't talk to your partner yeah and you sort of <laughs> you can whistle them. at them but yeah, yeah. Exactly. yeah but like that's all really cool i don't know that just that really that really worked for me because it had this really interesting mechanic and i liked the world that i was exploring there and all that kind of stuff and this i guess i just i felt just more frustrated with technical issues hmm. and also felt like, because even, I mean, Journey on some level is kind of a platformer, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like there's definitely big segments of the game where you have to sort of like run and jump mm-hmm. and fly or swim or whatever to just get where you're going. And that's yeah. part of the challenge of the game is just, can you control your character well enough to get where you're going? And mm-hmm. in this, it's just sort of like, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's like dialogue trees, the game on some level and there's really cool atmosphere and there's lots of cool stuff and i want to see the rest of it because i like the world that they're building but as a game i don't know if it's doing a lot so, so you want Kentucky route zero but you want the puzzle mechanic from gone home well gone home i just felt like there's something to do it's like oh i need to find the key or i need to follow the secret passage and there's some red herrings right like yeah. forever finding the combination of the safe and then they're trying to not, nothing famously safe. Yeah. <laughs> <Good Lord. laughs> strangle the game <laughs> But like that felt more like like there was a goal. That part of Gone Home I thought was okay. You know, I, li- I liked that part of it. So I thought I thought originally when you mentioned Gone Home, I thought the thing you were asking for was the 3D environment. But it sounds like maybe that's not really. I mean, that's I don't have any particular opinion on 2D versus 3D. But just I don't know. I just keep going back to like the die, the 20 sided die you put in your pocket. I didn't need it. Like, well, I didn't so need it for anything. the thing about that is we don't know if that's true. Yeah, but I don't know. Okay, because if you I, I if you give them that, the, the one thing is if if you hit escape and you go into the mm-hmm. menu, I don't mm-hmm. know if you guys noticed, and I haven't looked this up, so maybe there's some reason for it that mm-hmm. I haven't looked up yet. But at the bottom, there's this thing that says iteration, and it has like two code words. I'm assuming what that's telling you is that's your effectively hash of your combination of decisions. 
So they're, as far as I can tell, they change throughout the game. Yes. Okay. So it makes me think that that is being tracked in some way. In other words, that there's sort of a logic path that's been constructed through the game mm-hmm. that may end up mattering. I guess it's true. So it could it could have turned out that you, your choices just don't matter. Mm-hmm. It also could matter. Sure. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like we because the right. game's not done. You know. No, no, so, no, I understand. Yeah. But as as the game as stands, stands now, as the game yeah. stands at the moment we're recording. Yeah. It feels like your choices don't matter. Yeah. And that's for something that's supposed to be an interactive game. That kind of bothers me a bit but i still really enjoyed it and i think it's still really cool with all the the atmosphere and exploring and Mm -hmm. i like all the easter eggs there's some cool things i want to talk to you guys about after the spoiler break but like yeah as a as a yeah this deserves an award for game of the year yeah i really cannot agree with that Hmm. interesting i don't yeah i I think it it, i think it barely qualifies as game let alone game of the year really yeah okay all right, so it sounds like we, we mostly recommend it. We all like it, and well, two-thirds of us recommend it. Yeah. If it sounds exciting based on what we've talked about, then you should probably check it out. Yep. All right, so we're going to go and cut to the spoiler break in just a moment. If you haven't played the game, you should go off and play it now. It's not that expensive on Steam. $10? $20? Actually, if you buy it from the site, you get a DRM free copy, and you also get the soundtrack. Well, the Steam gets includes the soundtrack as well. Okay. I think if you buy it on the website, you get a Steam key, too. So you don't have yeah. to choose. If you buy it through the website, you get a free copy on yes. Steam. So you might as well buy it through the website and get the best of both worlds. Yeah. So. Yep. so do that. <laughs> and then come back. And we'll be here after the spoiler break. If you have any feedback for us, you can send that to feedback at lowerthorbit.fm. You can also find us on Twitter at lowerthshow. And as always, our show notes are on lowerthorbit.fm. All right, now we're on to the spoilers. So we trust you've played the game at this point, and so now we're going to spoil everything that we can about Act 1 <laughs> 2. <laughs> Perfect. So what I thought you were going to say is that this, Justin, I'm looking at Justin right now. Justin, I thought what you were going to say was that it had the, the parts that you liked from Device 6 as well as the parts that you liked from Gone Home. But it sounds like it had the bad parts of both of those or something. I can... No, no, no. I mean, I, I overall, overall think it's good. I just think that it's not... It's not there yet. And maybe it'll get there in the next three acts, but it's definitely not finished. Do you think like, you would have liked it more? Ways. Do you think you would have liked it more if it wasn't for the, like, how much do you think the problems you had with the walking and stuff, how do you think that weighed on your overall? I mean, that was frustrating, but I think more of it was just that it just seemed like it was just, it was just click next, 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 next. And you can choose how many times you want to click next, but all you will do the whole game is click next, 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 which is <laughs> not, that's not entertaining. I mean, it's entertaining to sort of, watch a movie and get a completely linear story where you're just watching characters do their thing. It's entertaining to play a video game where you have choices about, I want to go down this path or this path, and you'll still get the same plot points in the game. Mm -hmm. But at least you can choose. The example I'm thinking of right now is Far Cry, Far Mm -hmm. Cry 3. There's a lot of open-endedness in that game. You can do whatever you want. You're like, oh, I want want to go hunt animals so I can get supplies to, like, craft things. Or I want to... You know, I need to take down this enemy base. Do I want to do it the sneaky way yeah. and like they're all dead before they know I'm there? Or do I just want to go into the rocket launcher right. and just start a huge firefight? And there's all these choices that you can make about how it's going to go. And you don't get any of those choices in this game. And I feel like that's, to me, that's like the hallmark of a video game is that I have the ability to make those choices. As much as I really like Kentucky Route Zero. I like the plot. I like the atmosphere. I like what it's doing. But I feel like the label video game. Like maybe we need like a third term where it's like it's not a video game in the sense that you would think of a traditional quote unquote game with the level of interactivity and choices you have, but it's not a strictly linear movie or TV show. But you don't really it's, have choices. It's in- like this third thing where it's like, well, it's mostly linear, but you have the option to explore as much or as little of it as you want. But isn't that Gone Home too? I mean, you don't have choices in how the story goes in Gone Home. No, you don't. But you do have choices about like, you know, I want to go investigate the safe. 
even though the safe turns out to be a dead end. You have the ability to go do that, and you can like interact with those things. And like, I feel like mm-hmm. you don't get that in here. The very few choices that you do get, you know, it's like, do you want to put the twenty side die in your pocket or not? I just they didn't. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't know. Them. Maybe maybe we played the game differently because there's definitely. So when you get to the bureau, first off, did you see the floor of three bears? bears? Yeah, <laughs> I went straight to the, bears. The best part. I went to bears as well. <laughs> I was like, what, what is this thing with bears and video games? Is this, is this a thing? It's, it's, it's Dark Tower reference. reference. It's Dark Tower. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe, and maybe it's all Dark Tower. Because you said Shardik, Shardik the Bear or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, you, you thought that was a Dark Tower reference from Device 6. Yeah, because they're mechanical bears. Yeah. Were these mechanical bears? Well, it's they, unspecified. Well, but, but they, they they follow... I mean, yes, they could be a, a real bears. bears. I think a normal but bear would Given that, that they would have eaten you, you know, or something. Or <laughs> otherwise, not just have only moved its head and kind of like followed you across the room. <laughs> I, I think a normal bear would do a little bit more. Well, the funniest thing... So for me, initially when you get to the bureau, they're like, go to the fifth floor, you know? But I was like, there's bears on the third floor. And it's like, you know... So I just went to each floor on my way up. So the funniest experience I had is I went to the conference room and you walk in and they're just Everyone like just watching you. you. Like, what is he doing in here? And then I thought, oh, that was I was laughing at that. That was pretty funny. Then I went up to the bear room. Bears did the exact same thing, <laughs> except they're bears. And I, I thought that was hilarious. Was yeah, well, one thing that was annoying for me, though, and this kind of like it just, you know, I did the same thing. Yeah. Is that I went to the, 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 the records room or whatever it was and I looked all around and there was nothing there. And then it, I knew you were gonna hate this. And, and change then, the rules. And then, to the person and, and suddenly uh, it's there. I was like, "Really? I you did this?" Sucks. I know. I hate. I, I was like, "I'm mostly fine with yeah. you know like the, these contrivances that these games have to go through." But yeah. I'm like, "You could have let me find it first. No, I think that's cheating. I think that if you were to go back and you were to play Monkey Island or The Dig or like one of those old LucasArts games, they will happily let you explore the entire world and not talk to anybody. You just won't understand how the pieces fit together. It's like you always talk about the Agatha Christie novels, yeah. where they give you all the clues." And you can actually sort of piece together the story before the detective does. I think in those games, you would have been able to do that. You would have been able to go to the records room and read the books and look in the files. And it wouldn't have made sense, maybe, until you talked to this non-player character. Yeah. But it would have let you do that. So I th- I think you're right. I think that's cheating. I think yeah. they should have let you do that. I, don't, I think there's a strong reason for them to, to not let you do it. I well, mean, it makes more sense if you do it in their prescribed order. Yeah. But certainly it wasn't required. I think, I think it's just easier for people to wrap their head around what's going on. I mean, it's, it, it's easier to play that, right? right? But I mean, I, th- I can imagine another version where you, it's a thing and you're like not really sure. And, you, and then you do have to have a guy because, I mean, for me, I try to find every bit of, of everything I can find. You yeah. Know? Yeah, like I found in the organist. Uh, did you, where, which area? I don't even know he's, what that is. Yeah, he's, <laughs> well, so, so I haven't finished Act 2. So I'm on no, act, no, it's on 1. Oh, okay. No, no, it's, it, well, it's Act 1. It's, have you left the cathedral? Yeah. Oh, the organist is at the cathedral. Oh, I guess so you missed on, it on one of the floors? Yeah. You have to keep going. You know how you can go out onto the deck area? If you go past, like, all the bears or whatever. If you if you go on, like, the third floor, all on the deck, you keep going. Past the bears? I, huh. I think it's on the bear one. It's on one of the one tried, middle ones. I tried that on, like, all the floors. I tried to walk as far yeah. as I could. Yeah, you, one of the floors you can keep going. I mean, it's You'll, top floor. No, no. Three, I'm, pretty sure it's, I'm pretty sure it's the middle floor. Hang, the middle hang left of the bears? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure one of the middle ones. I'll go check but, it out. But you can go and, like, find the organist. Oh. He'll play the organ for you. and oh, cool. I stuff. Yeah, I didn't see that. I, I tried to, like, find all that stuff. Like, I would have maybe found the thing, been a little confused, talked to the guy, and he went, like, oh, you know, you found this someone thing. Great. You know, there could have been an alternate version of events where I could get the same information, and it could have clarified that. Although, even if it's not, like, putting that together yourself is part of the game, I think. You play Myst. Myst doesn't cheat like this. In Myst, if you just know the code to the rocket ship, you can just go to the rocket ship and type in the code, like, in the first 10 minutes. You don't have to wait for anyone's permission or talk to anybody or whatever. Like, the entire world is available to you, and you can experience it in any order, and it just won't make sense until you mentally put the pieces together. And I know that some people find that annoying or, like, too challenging, but I think that's... It's cool. Like, no, that's the thing I like yeah. the best about that. Is, is, is everyone does it in a different order. And then, yeah, you know, you can 
nothing will make complete sense no matter which order you go through. Right. So it's like, do it whenever you want to do it, you yeah. know, and it'll, it'll all work out, work out in the end. But I don't, so what I did is when it tells you initially to go to the fifth floor to talk to Lula, I ended up just finding her on the first floor first and talking to her. So it's not, I don't think it's universally not allowing you to progress. But you couldn't, but the specific example of, because she was always there and you could go talk to her. Yeah. I want that for the whole game. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm just saying I, it's not like it always does that. I think it's just it's choosing for whatever reason. It's sure. picking and choosing. Yeah, it's I, not I, I think I came back to Lula like later. I want to talk to her again, mm-hmm. and she wouldn't talk to me. Yeah. Oh, she's yeah. Bu- she's busy applying for uh, <laughs> architecture magazines or whatever, whatever that was. <laughs> uh, but th- so the other th- I, we didn't mention it, I guess appropriately because it's technically a spoiler. But I thought it's kind of cool how like when you navigate around the map, they're like, yeah, turn left at that tree that's always burning, or like right at the artificial limbs factory, or yeah. Yeah. I was entertained by that. Yeah, it was cool how it was kind of like a little surreal. Yeah. And the whole like the crystal thing. Yeah, that was <laughs> that really was, it took me a while to figure out what was going on. I was, was like, oh, really you're supposed cool. to stop at the crystal. Yeah. 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 No, I think that yeah, it was interesting. Yeah. So I, this I, is, I kind of picked up when they meant right away. Because I was like, yeah, sort of the whole point is that the route zero is like yeah. non-Euclidean. Like quantum. Like the rules, quantum, the rules quantum. of space and time don't yeah. apply. Down Which here. I think is awesome. And yeah. what I'm again, that's what I'm hoping for. The rest of the episodes will be is that you'll start kind of like a dark room, right? Where you start this, oh, it's this like. Yeah, it's just you're talking to people or whatever, and then it's like, oh, we'll add like a, sp- so, a wormhole. And so, then... how far are you in Act Two? I am at the museum. But you haven't left the museum yet. I haven't left oh. the museum yet. Okay, prepare yourself for more a dark room. <laughs> yeah, like... so, okay. so, so which is I'm excited. So about. leaving the museum was when I felt it jumped the shark. Oh, really? Like, is there was, actually a shark to jump? Because that wouldn't be out of bounds of possibility. There's, there's a careful, different... Careful. <laughs> Choose your words carefully. <laughs> there would be a different animal that to jump. <laughs> it's not a shark. Um, I, can see, I can see how you felt that way. I was, I was like... I mean, I was on board with it. And I, I was disappointed with the television thing. When I was like, oh, I went into the television or something, like, to get into Route Zero, you know? Yeah. Like, because like, there's this weird thing where, like, you gaze at the television for the second time, and then suddenly you're, like, you kind of zoom in, and then suddenly that like, your truck is driving into Route Zero. But it doesn't so, zoom into the TV. It zooms into the barn, and yeah, the no, barn but the, becomes... But the, but, the, but the window always shows this weird, like, projection. Like, in the earlier, like, you know, when the TV is broken the first time, that you're also seeing weird things throughout the window which aren't actually seemingly there. Yeah. By the way, I love that effect that it does with it, the... It, oh, that it is, is cool. It is really cool, yeah. There's, a, there's another cool effect like that at the end of Act 2. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, the, uh, the impression I got from that part was that it's not so much that you were like falling into the TV or something, as much as it was that like because the TV came from the antique shop, right? Uh, no, no, came, no, that came, one was it there. Came from, it came from the, the house, the, the gas station. Yeah, came or from, the house. Yeah, the, it came the gas from the gas station, right? But then she fixes it somehow. I mean, they don't explain it. But the gut feeling I got is they somehow like tuned into the zero, and that this TV was part of. It's not literally a TV, I guess, or it's somehow it's a it's an antenna for. Talking to the zero, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that was so I, okay, yeah. but I was I wasn't crazy about that. But then I was like, okay, I, it's just fine. But then like Act Two just gets just gets more and more bizarre. Yeah, and I, and I like it seemed like in Act One that they could actually go. I mean, there are caves under Kentucky, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> so like, why do we have to go in this crazy surreal world? I mean, I get that there's like I mean, these sort of non-Euclidean geometry, but I feel like why couldn't you just actually go in there and then like it, it could become weirder and weirder? Something suddenly picked up this weird inflection point where everything went from being mostly real with these undertones of weirdness to mm-hmm. like just complete weirdness. And I think the inflection point actually is the rock cave in. I feel like the rock cave-in in the mines oh, yeah. is where it all starts to go. Fire. It's really cool when that comes sort of comes back yeah, to you again. I really like that a lot. Cool. Yeah, so, that, I hope they do that a lot. So you're saying when they're at the storage facility? Is that or is there yeah. something even weirder? No, than at that? the storage okay. facility when he sort of has the flashback ishness yeah. to like the rock cave-in. I think that's going to be a recurring plot point, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, there's uh, this implication that maybe this is not all actually happening. Yeah, well, and, and there's, there's a lot of implications. I mean, I, I thought I got. I was wondering if you you got it as well. That like at least some of the characters, if not all the characters, are dead. Yeah, yeah, I got a little bit of that too. Because like the Weaver, Weaver, yeah, Weaver, I think, Weaver. is almost obviously. And the, and the fact that the graveyard, 
has people that aren't actually dead, according to yeah, Shannon. yeah. And then there's all there's like all these like throwaway sort of quotes, like you know, just about anything is better than being in a hole in the ground, which is made by one of the characters, which which, 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 which has sort of like implied that maybe she's dead. You maybe know, she is in a hole in the ground. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like there were some other ones too. And there, but even like I wasn't really sure if maybe Conway might be dead because me too. Like there's with the computer, there's a moment when he logs in, he's like, user Conway does not exist. Well, but I think user because... Conway is not real. Yeah. Is, yeah. Well, it says, but yeah. it says game's not real, also. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, also that also seems to have you know maybe. But this be is hints. great. I mean, I think I mean, this I, is a cool part. I mean, I, I, but yeah, I think it's cool. I like the yeah. computer can just say like you know, oh, game will not load or right. could not find user Conway. You know, it's yeah. like Conway does you know is not, not real. real. <laughs> yeah. Well, I love that. that you know, kind of, that kind of stuff is so cool. That's the part of the game that I loved. Yeah, that kind of we're building this really crazy world where the rules that the rules that you think apply don't actually apply. So cool. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm, I wanted Gone Home to do that. And I want to see the most boring rules ever. I want to I sort of like, but I kind of wanted to like, probably gone on this way too many times, but like, I, I, I like these sort of worlds that are created to like, at a certain point, you know the rules, so you can basically like manipulate you, them. You can manipulate <laughs> them and you can now predict what's going to go on. You can be on the same like level playing field as you're trying to figure out the mystery mm-hmm. as everyone else. And I, there was a reflection point where things got weird, but I'm like, okay, now, now at least I know where we're at, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the thing that you haven't yet seen happens. And I'm like, okay, it gets too weird. It, it, it's a wrinkle in time problem. You know, it's like mm. the first book is fine. Second book, the weirdness just goes through the rough, and he's keeps getting weirder and weirder and weirder. And you're like, yeah. whoa, you know, this is not like cool anymore. <laughs> you know, this is just bizarre. By the way, that's exactly <laughs> how I felt with Device Six with the story. It got it's too like, weird. Well, it just it never it never was anything but weird. There was no reference point for anything being normal at all. You know, I just I don't know. I guess I, I like surrealism. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I I think a lot of the things that I wanted out of Device Six, I got here. So like, I'm I'm cool with like reading. There's there's a book on the on the table, and mm-hmm. you, it asks you to like look at red, blue, green notebook, that kind of stuff. But it's still showing you something. You know, you can still see sort of like what it is, what it looks like, where you are. I, I, thought, so you, I thought it was cool if they had the, both the text and the visuals because yeah. you know you aren't really zoomed in enough to see the things, and so you get like you don't actually always see all these things, but you get someone's interpretation of them. Yeah, and, and kind of their, their commentary, which I thought was really a really cool choice. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder if so in in this the uh, turntable in the cave. Yeah, I wonder if the suggestion there maybe you, you kind of hit on this a little bit, or maybe it's you that you're you're switching between these different planes as you wouldn't a mine mm-hmm. facility, I assume. But I wonder if you're also kind of switching in space-time a little bit. Was that what they were suggesting with the storage facility? You're um, kind of jumping back to that place in time and then back forward again? I don't know. I kind of got the impression that maybe, like, everything that happened after the rock cave-in is, like... Like, like he not, actually, he actually died then. Yeah, or maybe. Or, like, or that, like, everything from that point on, it's not clear if this is happening in the same world that everything before it happened in. You know what I mean? But it, it's funny because even so, the Weaver thing happened before he got to the mine area, and mm-hmm. there was sort of a question that I think we all have, which is: Is she even alive? So, right, right. I mean, it, it was kind of weird before, yeah. But then I think that like at that moment, it's it starts to like really ramp up. Yeah, I don't know. I just it just that moment was like so. There's a lot of focus on that moment, which makes me feel like it's an important like mm. inflection point in how else is going to go down. I also wonder yeah. how often you're going to go back and play the parts of Shannon. That you didn't get to see, like when she went back into the cave and like went and checked out the dead end, mm. and yeah, when yeah. she went like down the storage but facility. It, but, has it, but has it done that? It hasn't done that so far, though, right? No. I mean, like you get sometimes you play as Shannon, sometimes you play as Conway, but it never you never flash back, you never literally flash back and replay yeah. a moment you've already played. Yeah, I mean, I mean, enough happened that I can imagine that 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 will basically find out about what the helmets were. I mean, we got a hint of what the helmets are like why they were there, you know, already. The helmets? Yeah, she she sees the helmets in the in, in the cave. Yeah, in the mine. I didn't I think. 
I I can't recall. I think that's right. Because you actually you actually follow her back into the mine, and then she sees the helmets, and then oh, she I didn't leaves. do that. Oh, I didn't know I could. I waited for her yeah. at the end. I didn't have an option to. I couldn't click and follow her. There was no way for me to follow her. I really because when I, you get I, to the exit, she's like, "Wait, I want to go back." Yeah, yeah. followed her. Well, I mean, I didn't follow her, but like the story followed her back in. Like, no, you know, I didn't see that. Mine didn't do that. Nope. Really? No, because no, like not. yeah, I went I, outside. Oh, oh no! Wow. I, I sat there and looked at all the stuff on the cart, yeah, and then eventually too. went outside. Yeah. Oh no! I mean, like I so like Conway was outside, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't recall exactly what, what I did if I did, took any action to, to make this happen. It was more like a cutscene, really. Like I didn't was really controlling her, but like she was walks back into the mine, and then she like finds this room. Full. Nope. Did, did not, not see, see that. that. Nope. Uh, and then and then rapidly you then cut back to her leaving, and then Conway got there waiting, and you're controlling Conway. Did no, I I was I was Conway and went out to the but, shed and picked up the three books. Did you explore the whole mine while you were down there? No, the I mean I, I didn't. I wasn't really in control of her. No, no, but I mean, I'm saying before. before when you oh, were yeah, in yeah. control, you explored all six like axes of the turntable. Six. Uh, what do you mean, six well, segments? Well, there's six segments on three different tracks. I did. Yeah, yeah I was yeah, on the stage and the tape recording, which is the creepiest tape recording ever. Yeah. The and then, stage? Like, you don't find the stage? Not the stage. Yeah. So then you, then you go the other way, and then you like practically get into that highway tunnel, and yeah. then the other one also dead ends at like tr- the tracks, like just yeah. stop or something. Yeah, that's yeah. where she wants to check it out more, and she can't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's where you go back to. Oh, yeah, we couldn't. I, I didn't see that at all. I didn't have this an option. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't, so did you look at the stuff on the track when Shannon left? Or it's not the track. Sorry, the cart. Did you look at the stuff on the cart, like looking at the bird cage and all that kind of stuff? Um, no. Okay. So this no. is this is a story branch so there. Maybe apparently, we got a different experience. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, so, I mean, I found the notebooks. Yeah. You know, but I, yeah, but yeah. I, but that, that was no, no stage. I don't recall a stage. There was a dead end. There was tape recorder. Mm-hmm. There was the ghosts. What? We didn't see the ghosts. No. Oh well, the ghosts. You, you turn the light on. Yeah. Off. That's cool. That I, was when. That's when I was like, this is an awesome. This is an awesome experience. Where? Like, where so I tried to turn the light up, lights off in most places, but where was I supposed to turn uh, it? At as, the dead end. Well, just as you drive. Well, maybe at the dead end too. Oh. But it sparks yeah. when you're driving. If you turn the light off and you just drive through the mine, when the sparks go up, there's people, and they're not there when the lights on. Oh really? Yeah. I, I was I was driving very very short period of time with this, just the sparks, and I did not see any people. So maybe there's some sort of minimum amount of time you have to do it yeah but because you have to turn it off to get the tape player to play right because there's not enough power yeah, yeah. But yeah if you go to the dead end and you turn the light off you can see ghosts i thought that's where i saw them i was expecting to see something at the stage when you turn yeah, the lights up, but i didn't yeah yeah I, I said i didn't see the stage is that was that going back the other direction it's then? the other way from the tape recorder oh okay maybe i didn't go that that route Hmm. Now I kind of want to go back down in there. I, I remember feeling like my experience in the caves was all too, too brief. Like we had all the, all this effort to get in here and then before I knew it, we were back out yeah. on, on the road again. So that's interesting. I wonder if there's a branch at the storage facility as well. The storage facility feel really, really brief to you guys too. Yes. Yeah. So maybe you're, yeah, maybe. But there was maybe, nothing to do. I'll start trying to click around. Yeah, I was trying to do. Kind of go to the other floor. Well, I mean, we I thought that was the case with the mine. But there was nothing to do. There's yeah. nothing to do. I was, like, I was wondering if you might you're gonna back there again or something. So I feel like they, they went a lot of effort to sort of establish this world, and yeah. then you don't see almost anything aside from just you talking to the guy and listening to the sermon. Yeah. But I, I had the exact same. I thought this exact same level of control over the story in the mine as the storage facility, and yet you had a totally different experience. So wh- who's to say that there's not something you can do differently in the storage facility to get a branch? But yeah. but like but it sounds like we didn't have a choice. Steve got to see this cutscene. And we got to see the yeah. stage, but it wasn't, I mean... Well, but there was something in the story not, earlier on. It's not right? clear that any actions that we took in the game led us to see the stage and him to see the flashback, or him to see the cutscene. It seems, I, I, I mean, that but seems what, to be... But what would it be? I don't know. Well, see, I think that's is cheating. That the, like, the, the, <laughs> is it the like, dice? Did you guys keep the dice? I didn't I keep took the, the dice. I took the dice. I, I, put, the I, dice put, I put them on the table. Okay, well, yeah. there we go. That isn't, I, I mean, the stage thing yeah. is because I didn't it's go not, down the right path. I might have missed one of the branches. Right. As a consequence, I just didn't see the stage. Now I'm a little yeah. annoyed. And right. So it's like, oh, so you, you took the die or you didn't take the die, and then now you see a stage or not see a stage. 
in what completely drug-induced state do those two actions <laughs> make? And there's no connection at all. Like, if there was even just the tiniest, barest thread of, like, plausibility between those actions no, and no, those no, results, I don't think they're the kind of I don't, I don't think they are either. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Hmm. wonder what that means now. <laughs> there's a, so wait, so what happened when you went down the path? Or what, like, what did she see? You saw helmets or something? Yeah, well, she goes back down to where eventually you get stopped. You know, And she mentions before, that, oh, I kind of want to see what's down here. She, she, she takes a little lantern and walks down in there and she keeps going what path where the tracks are all busted. And then she opens to this cave and sort of lights up and there's all these helmets from the miners' helmets mm. that are there. And then she kind of gets freaked out and leaves and comes back up again. And he asks her what she saw. He's like, oh, no. And she just said nothing, nothing. But she actually saw all these helmets for the miners, which, huh. I, I mean, it could not mean anything. Maybe those are the, the miners that all, like, in her, her extended family or that died down there because, you know, electricity, mm-hmm. like, rationing and they didn't, couldn't get enough power to get out or whatever that tragic backstory she has is, you know, mm-hmm. that she talks about later. It may just been, you know, basically those, those helmets from, you know, her family members or something. I, I don't know. It may not mean anything, but. Did you guys find the guitar player? Yeah. Okay. Well, you can't look at him, but you can find him on the roadside, right? Like, uh, oh, yeah. But did you put the dollar in his coffee also? Oh, uh, I, I think uh, I think I wanted to. The dialogue tree, the dialogue tree also sometimes ends prematurely. Like it feels yeah. like, oh wait, but there was another path I wanted to explore. And like, nope, too late. Conversation. Yeah. And I think that was one of the cases where I, I think I wanted to put the dollar in the cup, but I chose a different thing first, and then I couldn't go back. So in in my case, I said you said you know you could either put a dollar in the cup or like listen to him play. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'll put a dollar in his cup, and he's like. He takes the soaking wet dollar out of his coffee mug and hands it back to you. <laughs> like, That's awesome. Whoops. That's I, must, I must have used listen to him play first, and then I didn't have the yeah. option to put the dollar. But then he's in the museum later. He's in the museum? Yeah, he's got the mug and the guitar, and he's, like, standing there. You can't talk to him. But he's, like, it's like you would en- the whole scene you had enacted was in the museum. I On the far right. Well, the, oh, mu- the, the museum. Oh, see, I didn't. I, past I, the elevator. I, elevator yeah oh see you, yeah so, okay. you clearly have yeah. but see, that, that's one thing that bothered me a little bit is that i was like, looking through all these various things in the museum and then i got on the elevator not really realizing what it was and then i i know there were more exhibits i hadn't yet seen but then i got caught up in the rest of the story yeah and didn't come back there again and I, so I, I, I missed that you know maybe other things as did, well did you see flora did you see the cabin yeah yeah okay it's like the first thing and you went down into mm-hmm, the basement mm-hmm. oh okay I, I, I thought that was cool yeah, but, no, was but cool. yeah he's right by like he's past flora past the doghouse past the birdcage mm-hmm. And he's sitting there. It's the most bizarre thing because he's just standing there. He won't talk to you unless he's like supposed to be a, a sculpture. Oh, that guy. Oh. Yeah. And he has the guitar and the, the coffee, coffee cup you put back with the dollar. So you, don't, you don't do Maybe. anything with him. I well, saw he, he talks. Well, he he talks in the third person. Too, then, probably, right? Maybe. I saw. I mean, there was a man there, but I don't think he had a guitar. Oh, yeah. Maybe from, I'm misremembering. Well, it was in a display case. Oh, maybe that's it. Um, but he was talking to the museum staff after the fact. So wait, how do you know it's the same guy? Uh, well, it, he had the same props. I mean, it was, unless he also had some other guy happened to have a. But he, a, he wasn't holding the guitar. The guitar was in a display case. Well, but it was him, and then in front of him was laid out his stuff. So it, it was. I mean, it seemed it would seem weird if it wasn't related to him because right next to him. But the whole thing about how that, that conversation maybe something happens that makes this make sense. But I thought it was funny how it was like they're having like the conversation like in the future from where you are. It's like two people reviewing security footage. Oh, okay. All right, that makes more sense. That's the impression I got is that it's two two people who are not the protagonists. Yeah, and they are reviewing the security footage from the museum trying to figure out who these people are that have walked into the museum and like talking to the people talking to flora and yeah talking yeah to they're interviewing them after it's the like he opened the door he opened the umbrella inside <laughs> it's <was> really funny <laughs> i really like that part i mean not the museum per se but just like the whole, that whole concept of you know, them doing the security footage yeah. and stuff and that was really great yeah. you don't even see them ever no, I, mean, I don't think so yeah I thought was, uh, sorry go ahead no i say there's just a lot of cool touches like that throughout which i think is really neat and then like when you when you do take the elevator and, and that whole part yeah that part's really cool wow really good yeah i really like that it's just the thing that happens next 
and and then yeah. the, from there to the end of the thing, I was, was like, really? Well, this is what we're doing now? Like, yeah. this just feels like... You've you got to finish actually. Okay. Yeah. okay. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Somebody say something like, you know, welcome to Open World Orbit. Here we are. This is who we are. <laughs> Here we are. Here we are, Here we are. again. <laughs> What if this is like Star Trek, where it's like you think Moriarty's outside on the uh, on the yeah. on the ship and Arch? <laughs> anyway, sorry, deep deep reference there. <laughs> Kentucky Route Zero was a magical, realist adventure game about a secret highway in the caves beneath Kentucky and the mysterious folks who travel it. Okay. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode twenty-eight. I'm Steve Marvin. <laughs> what happened what did there? Say? <laughs> you, you point what to one of us. Oh, I was like. <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, that was good. Mormon? That was good. No, that was no. good. It's just I was that you like, started I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I, what, did we say that what, what the topic is before we no, said? No, 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 that's the bumper ahead. It, it, somebody, that's already been said. All right. So should we record the bumper now just so it's fresh? Sure. Or, yeah, yeah, you okay, can do that. So this week on Lower This week on Lower Orbit, we talk about Kentucky Route Zero, a review, whatever yeah. you want to say. This week on Lower Orbit. Wait, you got to do it looking at the microphone. That's why it's, it won't work. I mean, I'm, I'm, changing, I'm, I'm not. not, I'm not. <laughs> we have a written action. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Welcome to Low Earth Orbit, episode 28. I'm Steve Marmon. I'm. <laughs> you started. Yeah, I saw you trying to laugh through the bumper, and you, you never actually surfaced, and I was just waiting for it to surface. Sorry. Okay. Do it again. Do it again. again. <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready this time. Because <laughs> now you're making me laugh. <clears throat> and. Um, as always, our show notes are on lowerthorbit.fm. Remember that time. <laughs> I saw you about to jump in. I'm like, no, no, I can do I this. I was going to say anything. I was trying to not laugh. That's all that's happening. That's fantastic. One, two, one, two, three, four, five, Surely is a train.